<laughs> you already know it's your boy uh i'm here with john norman again this is part two uh last episode if you didn't listen you should go back and listen to but we basically chronicled john uh leaving his job of eight years and just the different decisions that led up to it the realizations you had and the happiness i think you found uh in going ahead and making that decision so let's pick up where we left off john what else you got to to kind of let us know about with this whole situation well you know before we conclude the first episode one thing that uh needs to be clear have your savings you know i have savings before you make that decision to be quite frank even if you don't have savings you're living at your parents you're fine too adam i'm just being super duper honest right now because I don't know if the word exists in English, but toxicity is the worst. Like, I did it for the money the whole time, but it was really destroying me. But yes, yes, I had a backup thing to circumstances. I had some savings. Uh, the company allows you to save. They deliver to you after three months. So this is basically what I'm calling my savings. It's a good amount that I would get, and I would manage it the, the, the smartest way possible. And like I told you, after a month or two of rebuilding myself emotionally and mentally strength, I will eventually hunt for other jobs. Right now, I'm aiming for temporary jobs. You know, there's some little companies like UNICEF or whatever. I don't even believe in these anymore, but hey, whatever, you know. If it's a temporary company and I can contribute more. I want to contribute more, honestly. If ever uh, it's a job in Africa, I want to be on the field, you know. Uh, one thing I noticed is... Uh, there's a little, there's a mentality here where is they want to give us the fish, but they don't want to teach us how to fish, so yeah. that they is you know. And I've noticed that because of where I worked, you know, yeah. I've noticed that they want to keep us under control, and I don't agree with that. I'd like to contribute in the revolution of Africa. To me, that would be fulfilling. If anything, I learned that uh, the next position, anything you do should be fulfilling. I know it sounds cliche, everybody tells you that, but it could be anything, you know, if mopping the floor fulfills you, then go for it. But if you can, if you have the opportunity, if you have the audacity to do something that fulfills you, then go for it. Me personally, I like to be on the field. I know that working in a toxic environment for nobody should be a thing. Working in an office... It's not my thing, you know. Uh, uh, teaching is what I really like. I like to work with children. I think children are still pure. But back to it, yeah, I have savings. The whole time I had friends that did not have more money than me and they were just happier. And this is what's the craziest to me, you know. I had a friend that would get his little $2,000 and boom, travel, go to Switzerland for a bit, you know, and then come back broke and get a little job, waitering, not, never waiting. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, like, like this is the word. <laughs> Me, the whole time I was thinking, you know, I come from a family of parents that maintained, they kept a job. You know, my mom is a sociologist, my dad was a lawyer. So, mm. this is the back, you know, just like you, you know, this background where you have like, and you have African rights. So, you know, how African parents are with education. Black parents in general, mm. like, be them Africans yeah. and Americans, I think we really focus on education. And so, it was all that. And, I was stressed about things such as retirement, you know, I'm so far from it. But honestly, I was stressed about it. I was thinking like my parents. And when I moved here, there was a whole mentality of you need to get a house in your name. You need to do this. You need to do that. And then I realized and respect to my brother, you know, my brother's been building a house. So he's not traveling. 
my brother's been living with my parents at this time, you know, and he's having children at my parents, which I think is so uncomfortable because they're always in their room or whatever. But he's building a house that he will be able to live in when he's retiring, you know. And I just realized this is not what I want. I want to live in, even if I'm building a huge mansion, but I want to build this huge mansion when I'm in an apartment that is mine as well, regardless of me renting or not. Sometimes I feel like here a lot of it reminds me of you know how Egyptians were. I, I I wasn't there, but you know how they were focusing on the afterlife. I have a feeling that they were not living the present moment because they were focusing <laughs> on the afterlife. <laughs> yeah, there's probably there's probably some truth to that, most likely. You know, I feel like here people are focusing on retirement, which is also a good thing, you know. But then, you know, retirement, then you 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 get you need to get a house in your name in the retirement. And I remember, you know, and not even to make it racial, but you know how it works, you know, uh, when you when you are among both races here, they always tell you, but that's some white people shit, John, to travel. Like, that's some white people shit. That's a, and my whole life I heard that. And the, the, just back to me quitting my job, I just realized that you just, just be you. And the, so the, the, what I'm saying is, this job not only told me so much professionally, told me so much in terms of mental health. It just told me so much in, in, in life in general. It just told me that you got to do you. Like, I was scared to quit because of what people were going to say about me. Like, I also learned to keep shit for myself. Like, right now, I'm not telling people my shit because I know that somebody's going to be negative about it, you know. But this is the same person to whom you're not going to run when you need help, you know. And I remember now when I was telling people I want to quit, most of the people were telling me do not, besides the people that were close to me. Rukaya was straight, but, you know, me and Rukaya would think like, like happiness is important. And that's when I realized you know who cares about you by the type of advices you get from them. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah. So A lot people, of people... They, they think that by you being able to support yourself with a job that that's just the best thing for you but if they really yeah. know you and they know what your dreams and ambitions are like they're gonna push you to to uh to get those things done you know like it that's so true that's such a great thing to say is that you know you really know who gives a shit about you based on the advice they give you that's that is paramount guys if you're listening write that down um yeah man wow uh I think, though, uh, that for this part of your life, John, I think you're going to be really surprised at how easy it will be for you to just like get another, you know, like to just do something else when you're ready because you have that now. Now you're actually motivated to find out. The you thing know, you Adam, yeah. you know, finding your first job is the hardest. But then they say once yeah. you find your job, you know, the tricks like I know how to sit in an interview like I've worked now. So I'm, I'm hopeful. Mm -hmm. Honestly, nothing, nothing can stop me. Like I, I, I genuinely feel like I can do this. You know, usually you just, uh, and I don't even read things online that motivate you. That's not me. You know, like I, I meditate. I try to make. I don't do that often. You know, like my meditation is just working out. And I talk to myself. I guess that's meditation. You can do it, or you're happy now. You can do it. It's gonna be all right. But right now, I find myself in a place where I truly believe it. And I feel like that's what's necessary for you to be able to go through any obstacles that comes towards you. Because even if things get bad, you're positive about these bad things. and You will go through it. Anything shall pass. You know, I really yeah. literally like everything passes, you know. And I know 
it's gonna sure. sound neg negative but all this is temporary so let's make it the most beautiful thing because it's temporary but everything passes even the hardest moments and i feel like the older you get the more you realize everything passes so you'll be all right like yeah a year ago i would have gotten stressed about this you know and all that but now i feel like yeah well you might get broke imagine you blow yourself i always think about the negative to me so that if the negative happens i'm ready for the negative this is a strategy that i have that is you know dramatic <laughs> no so, i do the same thing i think of the worst case scenario and prepare for that mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah but it's bad you know it's it's it's, it's also bad because Imagine you're not strong enough for the worst case scenario. Right now, I feel strong because I feel like, well, this was coming, you know. And I have so many, I have plan A, plan B, plan C, so many backup. Like I'm thinking about my folks. If things go left, I'm just going to help them for a slight help just to, 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 to get somewhere where I feel like now I can do this and I can do that, I can do that. Also, what I want to say is stop focusing on the best plan sometimes the best plan does not exist sometimes i know people say the grass is not greener on the other side and sometimes you don't need a greener gra grass sometimes you just need to go on the other side because it might make you happier sometimes you need to go on the other side just to 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 to, to have different experiences you know a lot of people feel like i need the perfect plan and the reason why i was there for eight years is because i was waiting for the perfect plan that was never coming and that's why i abruptly I abruptly quit and mind you i spoke to my to my boss before and i told her i was planning to quit she was like okay this is a matter of a month three months six months think about it literally did she know that i have been thinking about it for the past eight years from the first time i signed my contract i already knew this is not what i want to do i signed right. my contract for the money and this is something you guys can avoid if you broke and you're signing something for the money okay do it for six months for a little money because that was my goal initially you know, when I signed the contract, it was to get a little money and then to move somewhere to do a teaching course, you know, and I ended up staying because I was like, well, let's forget about the teaching course. Let's think about the money. Money is everything. This is money that I need. And look where it where, where went, you know. So that's what I want to tell people. Be very careful about your plans. Also stick to your plan. But then once you're stuck in a situation because you lost track of what your plans were, don't stretch it, you know, and don't wait for the perfect plans unless you have. You're lucky enough to be that organized individual that has the perfect plan. But the perfect plan does not exist. That's what I'm saying. Like, sometimes it doesn't yeah, exist in my particular case. Yeah. No, I was just repeating what you said. Like, that's uh, that's such a, um, a strong piece of advice for anybody listening that, like, we always are looking for, oh, you know, how can I get my, how can I have my cake and eat it too? And it's like, sometimes this is just not going to happen. That's the reality of life that like, mm -hmm. it's not always guaranteed that you're going to find a solution that fits what you fits your expectations and being able to roll with that. Like you said, like plan A, plan B, plan C, like just having that in your pocket and being like, okay, like that's, that's a mature way of living life. But <laughs> You know, I think for a lot of people, they're like, oh, well, you know, I can't quit my job because I've got student loans and, you know, this, that and the other. And it's like, it's true. But like, have you ever considered maybe it? You know, yeah. uh, this is unfortunately the system. Honestly, I don't know if this is the worst advice ever, but uh, the student loan, I will just get the fuck out of the state. Like the system is so fucking annoying. I don't understand why education is so expensive. I just feel like shit's just getting worse and worse every day i don't get it i would just run away 
but maybe this is the worst advice I can give. But me, I'm the type of person, I, I, I don't know if that categorizes as an anarchist, but I refuse to get credit cards. I refuse to get loans. I hate owing money. I love having my cushion. I love being safe. I love that everything belongs to me. I hate needing people. I just don't believe in it. I just feel like I genuinely love helping people. And I remember one of my... And once again, also don't think about people. This is for life. It's not even related to my job, but it's related to my job in the sense that before quitting, I was like, well, I'm not going to be a valuable individual anymore because I used to help a lot. You know, I live in Africa where you have to help. And I had a pretty good salary and I was always helping, helping. And I could help with my savings. But I realized that you can't help the world. You need to help yourself. While you were helping the world, mentally you were not there. And people, when you help them, they literally just disappear. And then you're left alone. And I'm ready for this, you know. I, I just take it, you know. I feel like... What I'm saying is any bad experience really takes you to places. It's not cliche, you know, because now I'm at a point in my life where somebody, when I help somebody and I know that the following day they're not talking to me or they're mad because they asked for it. This happened to me recently, you know. Uh, I bought something for a friend's children and then they wanted some more, you know, because, you know, shit's happening here. So they wanted some cereals and I was like, oh, I forgot the cereals. I'll get you the cereals. I literally forgot. This is strange after quit so now i just want to sleep and disappear and to me you must understand and i'm selfish but to me different you must understand you know and i forgot and i remember the following day it was like hey uh how are you you forgot about my thing i was like forgot about what i was like okay have a good sunday i know the tone is is is, is aggressive so i was like did i do something to you and he told me what he did, and I just felt like shit. But for a minute, I was like, why am I feeling like shit? And I have a strategy now. I just don't respond. I let it echo to people. If you're a good person, you will realize that you're wrong, you know? And the same person tried to come back to me, sending me a video of the children that he had already sent to me. And I was like, I'm saying to myself, no more, you know? This is, enough is enough. Apologize. Be a man. Say, hey, I'm sorry. I gave you something and now you ask me for something more and I forgot to give it to you. You have no right to be mad at me, you know. And then on top of it, you need to apologize and not send me a video that you actually already sent me of your children so that I get softer and I'll be like, oh, okay, let me go get the cereals. You know, basically what I'm saying from this job, what I learned is don't let people brainwash you. And if somebody puts you down and tells you that you use, let's just stop them from the beginning. And if you're not able to stop them, then, then they quit them. Let them learn your value, you know, because everybody has one. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Learn, learn your value and then impress upon people to respect that value. And, you know, I think that's, that's an ongoing thing. It's not something that you can just do one time. Like sometimes people need to be reminded, like, Hey, I'm I I'm not going to do X or I this is what you know my limit is Y, and eventually people will just start to respect it. They won't go to you. Exactly. For... I didn't have that at work, Adam. I didn't know how to say, oh, I don't want to work on Saturday. I never did that, and I was a joke to other colleagues that were literally saying, no, I'm not working on Saturday. And she was yeah. mad at them, but it was okay. And it's also okay for people to be mad at you, Adam. I have yeah. this habit of being sad when people are mad at me, but no. You know, I'm learning the skills to be indifferent when it's not me who's wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. No, it's it's very hard. I have that same 
feeling like especially i'm not necessarily a people pleaser but when it comes to like authority i always want to go above and beyond just to be in in like the good graces of whatever authority i'm you know working with and i've learned that like there are some people that just set their boundary up early and say this is what i'm willing to do and this is what i'm not willing to do and typically not all the time but typically those people get treated a little bit better because they've expressed what their limits are and within if it's in within a reasonable boundary you know people will generally respect it they when they don't respect you is when you don't give them any uh any sort of boundary system to work by because then they're just like oh yeah well this person will just do whatever i ask them to do so you know i'm just gonna impress all these things upon them so yeah it's it's um it's definitely a learning lesson it's definitely a learning curve like i definitely have some of the same issues that you have with just setting boundaries with, with work and just making sure that, you know, you're not getting stepped on but at the same time, at the same time, like, you know, you want to be a good worker, you want to be available to people, you know, cause you think eventually that should advance your career. But exactly, you know, you know, this is a very good point, but it wasn't, you know, and when the bigger boss tells you like, this is the wisest decision you might've made because in your position, you wouldn't evolve. You would have just done this your whole life. And this is why I quit, actually. One of the main reasons as well why I quit is I was like, no matter what I do, not only is never enough, but it doesn't take me anywhere. I'm not going to get promoted. I was told that what you're doing is never enough because it's actually your position. Sorry, John, but this is what you got to do. Right, right. <laughs> No, it's just your job. Like you just do it. Like you know, they're like, "Well, we're not gonna promote you just for doing your job. You should just be doing exactly." Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. No, it's uh. Sorry, just had a sip of coffee. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, but no, you know, it it is the workforce and modern corporate sort of relationships with the workers. I think is probably the worst it's ever been people accept the least possible thing. Like in this country, the fact that you have to get healthcare through your employer is a big reason why a lot of people stay in jobs they hate because they, they may be on medication. They may be doing things where if they quit all of a sudden now they're not covered by anybody. And now they have to pay out of pocket for whatever services they might need on a regular basis. So as a result of that, they're like, fuck, like, I can't, I'll blow through all my savings just trying to get my heart medication, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think for a lot of people, that's very scary. They, they don't want to, they, they don't want to um, test themselves because it really I is. I thought about it too, but I really have a good job that gives me healthcare because I was like, well, I'm going to need healthcare if this is destroying my health anyway. So, and then I was like, let me leave now while I'm healthy. This is really what I was thinking. I used to think about healthcare, but I was like, I'm still healthy. Let me get out now. Yeah. Well, it's like the sooner, but the, the trick is, it's like the sooner you make the change, right? The sooner you're going to be able to find, you know, a place where you don't have to sacrifice yourself for healthcare, you know? Because I was looking, I was looking at people. And, you know, and I, and I was looking at people there in the 40s, in the 50s, in the 60s, they would advise, they were still not happy, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be gossiping about somebody else at 50-something. Like, yeah, but, you know, they, they have these advantages, you know? They come here with the house paid. We don't. So you got to do this like that. And I was in between where I had the power to 
to be on both sides, like, okay, or I'm going to make sure you guys... I was like, you shouldn't be like that. At 50, you should literally come, do your job with pleasure. This is the project I'm working on positively. I just wanted to get to work, drink some tea, do my job, clap hands. Woof, I did it. Yes, boss, high five, we did it. Okay, what's next? You think we should do it like that? Sit a little bit, have a coffee. Basically, that's how I imagine other jobs, by the way. Yeah, no, I mean, there's always that belief that like, oh, if I just had this position at this job with this company, then oh, man, it'd be so great. And like, I'm telling you, man, when I first started working, like, I was always looking at my friend's jobs and being like, man, if I just had his job, I'd be so much more happier. And it's, it's a, it's a fallacy, you know, whatever you do is gonna, especially when you're working for these kinds of companies, they want everything from you and they don't want to give you anything back, or they want to give you at least the bare minimum and they don't have any loyalty to you. You know, they're mainly just, they're just, they're using your life energy. You're a battery, you know, exactly using you to be charged up, you know, and it's a, it's an unfortunate thing that people accept this because the only reason why things are the way they are is because people accept it. Uh, if people didn't accept the way that they were treated by corporations, corporations would change tomorrow. Uh, it's mainly just that people are afraid. They have families, they have mortgages, they have health health insurance that they need. They just can't move. They feel stuck. They they feel, uh, you know, paralyzed by life. And uh, I think you know there are a few companies, but what I really don't like to do is I don't like to applaud companies just for being hum human. You know, just for having like some level of human dignity, because I'm like, that's what you should be doing. I, I don't want to congratulate you for giving me a bunch of sick days or I don't want to congratulate you for making me feel like I'm valued. You should just do that. Like, that's just like I should just perform well at my job. My corporation should just treat me well. and I shouldn't have to like, oh, thank you, sir, for some more porridge. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's a really a slave mentality. And it's so funny. It is. It is yeah, a slave mentality. A slave, it it's is. a slave mind. It's a slave mind, man. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, so first the first episode just got released. I just put it up. Um, so I do have if we wanted to just kind of transition here. We'll definitely be talking about this more because I think it's, you know, something that's just going to take over. The it's episode. going to be a journey, Adam. I'm thinking about documenting it. I'm thinking about other ways to make money. The whole time I would look at people, I'm thinking about, you know, I love film. I waste so much time. I love writing. I want to take care of myself, Adam. I'm ready to, even if it means I'm getting slightly broke, I'm living off a bit. I've seen people live off way less and they were happy, Adam. Like, yeah. even if it takes me to get just get a ticket for my parents to fly somewhere, but that won't happen because I got my savings. But I'm documenting this, but I'm going to document like my, my most vulnerable moment. You know, I'm close, I'm coming near you, so definitely mm -hmm. we should do a follow up and, I, and, I, and I'll be oh, happy. Sure. And I truly hope this can help anybody that's listening. I don't wish this to anybody, not to be dramatic or play the victim. I definitely am not. I chose to be in that position, but I just don't want this to repeat to other people that will be as miserable as I was. You know, if you can't take it, take it. You know, I mean, Adam, Adam, you're good at your job right now. I don't think your job is that horrible. Me, I was going to a situation where I was being bullied by my boss, like literally calling me names and telling me useless. And this is why I quit. And that's why attention to anybody who's listening like to me my environment was toxic matter of fact yesterday another colleague had a fight with my boss and she just got out she's toned out 
three weeks ago another colleague stormed out. So what I'm saying is, I'm not saying all jobs are bad, all corporations are bad. I'm just saying, like, in my particular case, it was just bad, you know. And it took me a while to realize it's bad because I told every company were the same until I started opening up to people and they were like, okay, this is bizarre. I don't go through this. Nobody gets along at work, but in your case, it's a little too much. We're being called names, you know, like assholes, bitch, wow. sluts. You know wow. what I'm saying? Wow. So that's why I want people to know that it's not that, you know, that I was lazy. See, I'm here trying to justify that I didn't want to work. It's just that we're being called names. Like, you're lazy. You didn't come yesterday. Why are you here at 8.35 instead of 8.30? I told you to come. And the, uh, uh, telling people, this, this is my assistant. See, I got the best assistant, but I had to torture him for him to become like that, you know? Wow. So it was... It was just that, yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> are the um are the upper management white? Oh, uh, excuse me. Are the upper management are they white? Like the people who say they're all thing? white. They're, they're all, all white. white. It's, it's okay. us going through that in their hands, you know. Wow, that's. I'm a opening a case. Actually, I'm gonna. Yesterday, I went to the biggest bus, the big B, the bigger bus. Sorry. Uh, actually, yesterday I told her, I was like, I don't know if I should trust you, but I'm going to tell you the way it is. You know, I became a little bit of a hypocrite mingling with you guys, but I refuse to become what my boss is. So to you, the bigger boss, if you are real, this entity that is so famous and is known, I'm going to tell you what she used to say about everybody. My boss just looked at me and she was like, you need to fill a file of complaint, John. Yeah. Literally. You do, about man. It. She already has complaints against her, so this is just going to add to mine. And I'm just, I don't have the the strength to do such, because there's some things that are too much. Mind you, I don't have any proof of it, but then, like, a friend told me, you need to, you, you don't even believe in yourself. Stand for yourself, your dignity. She said that, she said it. If she's a real person, she won't lie. Even if she lies, who would make that up, you know? So exactly. I'm going to... I'm going to file a complaint. I'm going to start it today. I'm going to send it to the, the bigger hierarchy. And the complaint, the reason why I'm filing is not to get dragged. I don't want to. These entities, they don't really care about the bottom part of no. the employees, you know. But I want to leave an image for the others. I don't want this to happen again. And I'm also doing that because I want to make sure that the savings are given to me because she promised me help. And I've seen her. Hello? Hey, John, you there? Hello, hello. Oh, no. Did we lose John? Sorry, guys. He's in Africa, so, you know, things happen. The power goes out. Technology is only as good as our Wi-Fi will allow it to be. Um, I don't see, I don't can you hear me now? I can hear you now. I can hear you now. I think maybe my yeah. my thing. Connected. Yeah, I'm just filing a complaint because... I wanna I wanna make sure that this doesn't happen to anybody else in this company. And just because in honor to my colleague whose name is Pacific, who actually lost his mind through this job and today is crazy walking in the streets, who comes back pretty often at the work and does cross sign in front of the office and says, You guys are next, John, you're next, you next, you next. Oh my you know, God. just for him that I'm doing this, you know. Yeah, no, you gotta do it, man. And that's that is an insane I mean super sad but that story about your uh co-worker who literally went crazy yeah well let me tell you a brief story the first story that was told to me that should have been a red flag um yeah. 
there was a, there was also another big buzz. This is in the nineties. She lined up all the drivers when they went to her house to help with removal, and she she didn't have the other one, so she sprayed them with mosquito. Uh, the mosquito, the the, the 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 product that she used to kill the mosquito because she said Africans smell bad, and she didn't want them to get in her house with that smell. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow! I think it really is um, just another extension of colonialism, right? Like these people. Probably, That's what it is. That's yeah. what it is. And um, you know, it's it's really unfortunate, and that environment just sounds like I can't believe you did eight years working in that kind of an environment i can't eat her i can't yeah. eat her adam i can't eat her I, I you know today i look at myself and i'm like how did you do this yeah <laughs> no how how did you i mean it, it really is uh i understand now the toll that it took on you because anybody in that kind of a situation would start to really feel degraded and it would like you said it would break you eventually where you kind of you know what you know stockholm syndrome right you've heard of that yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stockholm syndrome definitely kicks in and people think, everybody thinks that it would never happen to them. Like everybody's like, oh, somebody said that to me. I would fuck them. Like, you know, that to, at least that's what Americans would say. And it mm -hmm. you don't recognize how fragile you actually are when uh, confronted with a large entity's power over you. Like you don't realize how small you are in the scheme of things compared to like a multinational corporation, you know, yeah. and, mm -hmm. uh, and the people who are wielding, who are working at the, at, at the, uh, at the behest of those corporations, they kind of have a piece of that power that they, that they carry with them. And the higher up yeah. you go, mm -hmm. uh, the higher up you go on the ladder, the more power that they're, you know, uh, able to access uh, from that corporation. So, it really is a very scary thing. And um, I'm just glad you're out, man. I'm just, I'm really happy mm -hmm. for you. I really think this is going to be a new chapter of your life. I honestly want to help you out with your book. Like I would love to just help you write it. And like, if, yeah, you, if you even need help, you know, if you, if you want to just do it on your own, you know, no no definitely need your help remember we spoke about it to transform it into uh we, we speak about it on the on on offline oh yeah you know. we'll talk about it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely talk about it so here we go i got some some more upbeat topics for us here uh just some discussion points um so do you know you know what 4chan is right who 4chan.org mm, no Okay, it's kind of like Reddit, but just far, far more, uh, what's the word, incendiary. It's very, very, like a lot of toxic beliefs, a lot of very crazy people. They'll post their ideas and stuff on 4chan and they'll have these big discussions about it. And uh, I go on there just to read. How do you spell it? For the, the number four and then chan, C H A N dot org. Okay, I'll and check it out. I haven't been. Reddit for ages. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Reddit actually, 4chan predates Reddit, so it it's kind of like the the old original Reddit of the internet, where like you're getting the craziest people talking about like the most you know divisive uh, uh, topics and just totally being not you know they're not PC, they're anti PC, they're very much about you know pretty much just being crazy and being uh, having a lot of uh, insane beliefs, but I like to go on there just like I said, to read people's thoughts. And uh, 
I found I go on the TV and movies section, so they'll talk about TV and movies, but it'll always be something a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more. Um, what's the word? Just they they don't just talk about movies, right? They'll talk about the ideas behind movies and certain aspects of film that they might like or dislike. So here's mm -hmm. the one that I pulled for us. Uh, it says, uh, "Why do all French act? Why do all French actresses just get on with nudity and not whine like Americans? Why? Why do you think that? Why do you think? Why do you think the French are so sexually liberal in their films? I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, I would respond with another question. Why does nudity have to be a problem? Yeah. Okay." Okay. That's what I would say. Why does nudity have to be a problem? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I don't think... Nudity I, is beauty. Right. Huh? No, yeah. I think, I think to be honest... It, I it feel really... like our mind that's... That... Huh? Sorry? No, what were you saying? I think our minds are fucked up and we ended up believing that nudity is a problem, but maybe it's just not, you know? Yeah, it's like how unnatural is it that we have to wear underwear? Like not just like pants, but you also have to wear actually don't wear underwear. <laughs> yeah, I try I try not to, but you know, I still end up wearing it sometimes. But it's just insane that if you really think about what underwear is, it's totally unnecessary and it doesn't make any sense. It's just like maybe if you're a little kid and you might wet yourself, maybe the underwear might help exactly. you, you know, save your clothes. But I've been worn clothes, underwear for like what, fifteen years. I always forget that people wear underwear, and it's always when I'm somewhere and people are like, "You're not wearing underwear," and I was like, "No, I don't." And I was like, "You, do I don't own any underwear. The last <laughs> underwear that I owned, I threw it away in 2001." <laughs> oh my gosh! You said yes. <laughs> You don't even own any underwear. That's fucking. I don't crazy. own any underwear. I don't buy any underwear. I forget that you have to wear underwear, Adam. I always forget. Like now, you just remind me. It's when I see people. Like if I see my brother changing, it's like, oh shit, this is how the world is. You're supposed to wear this, but me, I don't. If you come, when somebody come my house, don't you have a pair of underwear to borrow? He's like, no, I don't own any pair of underwear. Like genuinely, I just don't wear underwear. Yeah, I I think that shit is hilarious. I think. Um, I just like to like do these little thought experiments where I'm just sort of like, okay, I get, I get that this is a societal thing, but I don't get why. I or maybe not. Somebody told me that it's because if you wear the same pants twice, then it's hygienic because sometimes you might not wipe yourself properly after using the bathroom. <laughs> but then that gets into, uh, you know, bathroom hygiene, like. The rest of the world, it's very common. I think the the word is even French, uh, bidets, like to wa to wash your fucking ass. Like mm -hmm. the rest of the world does that normally, whereas America. I do that too. Yeah, I don't like toilet paper. Yeah, whereas America Yeah, they will use like tons of toilet paper. I, I forgot which city it was, but there was some city, I believe, in South America where there are a lot of American tourists and they had to put up signs to say like, do not flush a bunch of toilet paper because our pipes are like not made for that. And you're going to clog up like the whole city's pipes just yeah. by stuffing. Your underwear. pipes were made for that. I remember the first time I went to America, I was like, okay, they have a lot of space in here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if you, I you maybe, don't buy toilet paper as well. I started buying it for guests. 
<laughs> you just buy it for guests. Uh, I the, had to because people start coming to my house and it was like, John, what did you have told? Like women. Women was like, why don't you have yeah. And I was like, I don't use. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey man, if if you're clean, you're clean. You don't necessarily need a way. But I was just thinking about um so Belgium and the Netherlands are very close. When I was living in the Netherlands, I think they used to be the same country. When I was living in the Netherlands, there was I lived in an older building and the toilet in the building had like this shelf inside of it. Did you have you ever seen those those toilets, John? Uh, how? The water is like the water is like separate and then there's just like a shelf where if you take a shit, your shit is gonna fall on the shelf and not go in the water. And I had somebody explain to me, I was like, why is there a shelf like this? And they're like, oh, that's because back in the day, like Dutch people and Germans would like check their shit. Like they wanted to like inspect their shit every morning because they thought that's how you would tell if you were healthy or unhealthy. You know, you would look at the I've consumer. never seen that, but you told me that before. I do check on my shit pretty often. I think everybody does, no? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I just flush that shit immediately. But I think... <laughs> I think that shit is hilarious, though, that they would just check their shits every morning. That's something about that is very funny to me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah I, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough French movies, but the the whole idea of like, you know, sexual liberalism, it really does bother Americans. I noticed that like that's a talk. That's a talking point when people talk. No, about Which is crazy to me, because look at your music right it comes out it like the sexual repression comes out in the pornography that americans produce in the you know music that americans write in just the the pop culture and what's you know valued in womanhood like all that stuff is a reflection of our you know uh cultural puritanism when it comes to sexuality or at least its surface level version mm -hmm. of it Whereas, like, I, you know, I never lived in France, but, like, I, I assume that people there are pretty, like, are a lot more sexually fluid. You know, like, people are more inclined to just try out different sexual things rather than... They are. Yeah. I'd say they are, yeah. Yeah. They that's, are. That's they're more erotic, I'd say. They're more they're erotic. They're more erotic than pornographic. <laughs> If that, that even makes sense. Distinction. What would you say the distinction is between eroticism and pornography? Well, when you look at movies, like, okay, I'll give you a, a random example. But you remember that Halle Berry movie that gave her an Oscar and the way she's getting fucked? Can I yeah, say that? Yeah. yeah. You know, in France, it would be different. It would be more like lovemaking. And she wouldn't, it wouldn't be from the back for, out of respect for the actress. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like maybe that's just really how they make love to, like, in a classy, erotic way, you know. Respect. Classy. <laughs> I feel like there's more respect for the woman in Europe that they are for... I don't know in America, but I don't know why. You see, I don't know the history, but women in America, I feel like the oversexualization of women was made because you guys were not paying them attention. Yeah. I don't know if it makes sense. I remember having a Lady Gaga interview and she said when she started, nobody was looking at her when she was performing at these cheap clubs until she took her clothes off and people started looking at her and then they recognized her talent. You know, and uh, I see that in a lot of, yeah, I remember that. And it stuck to me and I was like, oh, she had to take a closet for people to look at her. 
you know. And a lot of female artists are very talented, but would you look at them if they... And I don't know why, because women are amazing. We wouldn't be anything without them. They give us life, actually. But it's crazy how this must come from the past, you know. And, like, let's give you an example. In, in Egyptian history, mm. some mothers, they will sell... I remember there was a queen that killed her son to become a pharaoh, and she had to put a beard. If she a had beard. Word, she did it. She put a fake beard. Oh, that's strange. Um, Everything comes back to, to masculinity. Yeah. No, I think that's true. I think, uh, hold on one second. Sorry. I'm something. Meanwhile, to me, the female body is power, which I found very strange, but it's power that men are not willing to accept because it's too powerful, maybe. No, I, I, I think you're right. There is some sort of fear of looking at the feminine feminine energy with the same level of re and revering it with the same level of respect as you would revere masculine energy there seems to be some sort of anxiety around that um at least exactly anxiety i think is the word because a woman will make you do anything honestly like, yeah, yeah. yeah that's for sure girls will definitely get <laughs> you to do stuff that you would have never done like um shouts out to my girlfriend for helping me go to the gym like if i hadn't met her you know what i'm saying <laughs> let me tell you right now if i hadn't met her boy i'm telling you i would i wouldn't have seen a gym for the for the past you know however many months so i still need to go more often but just the fact that i'm enjoying it again and like you know my arms are pretty beefed up right now i gotta work on my legs but um John, you got this behind every good man there's always a woman hey i think that's so super true and i think when you look at a lot of <laughs> great men in history and you read their biographies a through line is they had a woman that they were really trying to impress or they were really trying to win over mm -hmm. and that was the the um sort of spark that, that she was the real advisor that they were official advisors but in bed with them she was giving them advices on how to do things that just never credit them yeah i think a lot of times people don't realize how important that sort of interplay between a man and a woman um actually is like the the conversations that you have the sort of psychotherapy that sometimes can start happening when you're talking to a woman and you're really opening up and being vulnerable, like that is priceless. That is really what helps, you know, a young man grow into a man. I think if guys, and because there's a lot of incels in America, a lot of people don't get exposure to this, but I think a, a guy in from like 25 to like 28 should be, in, mm -hmm. should be in a very serious relationship and it should end in marriage. But even if it doesn't, it should still like, it should have still been a stamp on their development was okay. I held this relationship together and I was with this person and they helped me grow and I helped them grow. You know, I think that really just expedites the uh, maturity process. I really believe. That. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so let's go to the next, I, I had BBC Africa pulled up and I just wanted to read some of the headlines. This is okay. This is the constant through line with, all news media in the West about Africa is there's always crisis conversation. Like everything is about crisis, crisis, Africa, this AIDS, that what, no water there. No. And I'm like, they, there's gotta be one place where things are going well. And why aren't cameras over there? You know, 
There's no place where everything is going well because Africa has the consequences of so much stolen from us for years, for 500 years. And I believe that the amount of years that it took them to take away from us and build whatever they built is the amount of years that we need. Mm. However, they created debt for us. It's a whole system where now they are creating debt. They, they come as if they're giving back to us, mm. but they also they come as if they're borrowing it to us. But in real life, they should be giving back to us. So now they're giving back to us in a debt way. Like, so now I do this for you, but you're going to have to pay me back. So it's a never-ending debt, you know, and it's just crazy. And it's going to take years. You know, this is 500 years of so much stolen you know, I'm into the arts. Like, when you think about the arts that was taken away and it was just, you know, I was watching this documentary about how art should come back to Africa. And unfortunately, I was like, we don't even have the facility to keep that out. You know, that's just how much they destroyed us. This art was kept somewhere safe, you know, regardless of what we would have done with it. It's our art. It belongs to us. People need to get over with the fact that they want to own everything. This art belongs to us. Nowadays, it's in a beautiful museum of the Louvre or whatever. But that's because you created these facilities. But you created these facilities from stealing from us, you know? Yeah. So look. now, mm -hmm. when people ask for the art back, where are we going to put it? We don't have the facilities. And to me, I feel like, okay, keep it. But then the next generation might not want to give it to us anymore because now it's going to be trending again. I mean, this art was, is forever trending, but I just have a feeling that now they're a little over it or they're a little more human. So they're like, let me give it back to you guys, you know. So I was like, let's take advantage. They're giving it back to us, but we don't have the facility for such, you know. It's going to break. And this could cost money. I think arts could be used to generate money to fix so much in this country and how creating museums, you know. Yeah. But before that, what we really need is education. I, I could never say that enough. We need to get educated. And I truly believe more and more that some people out there don't want us to get educated because it's advantages to them, you know. Oh, and also, it created a separation amongst us. You know, you got to divide to reign better, you know. And I feel like we so separated because whoever was here before was like, no, let's separate them. And the borders, when you read the history of Africa, the borders were badly done. If we were all united, things would be okay. Like, like when I look at Ghana and Nigeria, sometimes I feel like, aren't they supposed to be the same place? Maybe. And they got separated by mm -hmm. the whoever was there, you know. Like, I'm near a, a, a country that speaks French. And I speak Portuguese. These are not even our languages. This is it. it it's so it, it's deeper. Like there's a long way to go. There's there's a crisis here, and I'm like, you know, they're not they're not lying. There there is a crisis here. Like even if you find a diamond, they find the biggest diamond here in Angola. They don't know what to do with it. You need to the West to do something with it. So it's gonna it's gonna get taken to somebody think, that can. Yeah, but I, but I think man, like. The, the, it's we need the West as far as we need them to help us with the game of, of global capitalism. But if we but the West make sure we need them. Yeah, they make sure of that because global capitalism is what runs the world. That's how you allocate resources. But the West energy. needs us too. Yeah, but exactly. I mean, the amount of minerals, the amount of raw materials, the amount of fucking even coca leaves to make chocolate, like so many things that we don't even think of are sourced in Africa. They come from Africa. It may be mm -hmm. that they got the, you know, the, the germ for the plant or whatever, and they, they can grow it in South America now. But if you trace where that plant came from, it, can, it comes from Africa. So it's just like, um, there is this, uh, 
there is a need, a mutual need for each other. It's just, it's just that they don't want Africans at the table deciding, you know, yeah. how much how much they're going to give or how much they're going to receive. Adam, we're not included. How are we going to fix things? Well, we're not even included in the big five or whatever the name is. The United yeah. Nations, all these, there's no African countries in some of these organizations. That's not normal. You know? Well, they made sure of that. I mean, you can even go back to Napoleon after uh, Haiti freed itself. <laughs> Napoleon literally said there will never be a black state. Like, the, he, the, this is a age-old belief in European economics and politics that Africa has to be subjugated in order for this whole system to work. Yeah. The minute the minute the Congo realizes they have more minerals and more natural resources than most countries on the planet is the minute this entire pyramid goes upside down. Yeah, the Congo, for them to realize that they need to get educated, you know. No, and it's no mistake that these countries with the most resources are always the ones in the most conflict. Like that's not a mistake. That's that keeps those countries constantly at war and constantly unable to build up resources, create a refined society. And my favorite thing too is like people are like, oh well, Africa never had a refined society. They were always just tribes and people living in huts. It's like I don't even need to go to the Egyptians. You can have. You want to say your Egyptians were European? Great, cool. I can look at the Ethiopian Empire. I can look at the um, uh, what's it called Ma uh, Malian Empire. I can look at so many other Songhai in in what's now Nigeria. Like so many advanced civilizations. That yes, the a lot of the reason, um, a lot of the reason why. Uh, God, I just lost my train of thought because someone texted me and I fucking got it on my. Mm -hmm. laptop because i have a fucking apple laptop um but no i think uh oh sorry a lot of the reason why people don't have an i an understanding of africa as being a place with advanced civilizations is because the people that the europeans came in contact with were those less advanced um tribes like were mm -hmm. those people who were more on, on the hunter gathering side of it but if you went into the interior of a lot of these countries and that's really where they met the most um the, the most uh, uh, sort of defense, like when, when things started going bad for, for European countries, when they went into the interior of a lot of these uh, areas and they tried conquering them. And usually without the help of some uh, class of Africans in there, they, they would typically have been at war for much longer and it would have been much more costly. And who knows how the scramble for Africa would have worked out. A lot of people just think it's this like, oh, Europe just trailblazed across Africa and took every con every country. It's like, those aren't even countries that you're looking at on a map. Those are uh, resource-based territories. Like the, the, na the nation of the Congo is not the entire, you know, it might be just these small little areas that are different uh, nations of people, um, you know, and it's, it's so sad to see that we have such a European lens on Africa that we can't even understand it, at least from where I'm sitting. You actually live there and you're actually in a place that has the you know vestiges of colonialism um all over it but i think you know i think even you would agree that when you look at african societies that weren't colonized you can tell oh there was this advanced level of civilization that has largely just been written out of history like we just don't mm -hmm. talk about it. like i was in the when i was in the netherlands um again bringing that up again but that's just my only uh, that's my only like uh I guess, example of when I was in contact with Europeans, because I don't have, to, you know, contact with Europeans in America. But I remember I was in a 
class for it was like international relations like an intro to international relations class and i took it and uh they were talking about the league of nations and they didn't mention that uh abyssinia which is now ethiopia was a part of the league of nations like nobody brought that up exactly and i was like like, wow they actually just wrote us out of history they just pretended like it didn't happen um Mm -hmm. so once you start to realize that it doesn't necessarily mean that everything in history is false but it's definitely shows you clearly who the writers of history are at least exactly the books that we're getting you know but um w- what can you tell me i guess about what's going on in your region of africa like it doesn't just have to be angola but like what's going on in like the southwest of africa right now you know adam to be honest with you i'm the worst i don't watch the news i don't have a tv i just really am very selfish and i live there by there but I can tell you that I go through the slight difficulties that I'm not, that I refuse to look it as negative anymore, you know, especially now that I'm out of this job. I'm like, well, these are my people, regardless. We good, you know, okay, this misery, there's things that really, you know, I love children, you know, and it pains me. Like, I tried, yesterday I saw a kid taking a shit in the street and I was just shouting at him like, you little shitter, you know, and I made him smile and that's all I could do, you know, and he smiled. Yeah. But then after that, I realized like that's all I could do, you know. And right, there's a lot going on. The elections are coming. The kids are starving. They're dying of hunger. I cannot sugarcoat Angola. We got a long way to go. But I trust them. Hey, they're doing the work, you know. Uh, I'm not 100% involved. I don't follow politics, but I'm going to vote. This is a right that I have. I'm going to take advantage of it. Um, I try to do my best to help as much as I can, but it's a long way to go. My biggest worry here is the kids, you know, and the people. People are just, um, yeah, the economy is just bad. Uh, the rich is getting richer. The poor is getting poorer. That's what I can tell you. People keep on stealing. There's no self-love. And without self-love, there's no love for each other. To me, that's the main issue. Because then if you love each other, you split the money fairly and we're not there. So shit is not okay right now, you know. I know we're supposed to be positive, Adam, but <laughs> no, I know. But it, hey, it's it's real life, you know. It's real yeah. life. We can only be as positive as life will allow us to be. Africa you know, is I, not doing right to me. It it is not. It is not. Yeah. It says uh, so. The biggest story on BBC News Africa says Africa Live slavery reparations are long overdue. Says the Ghanaian president. Um, yeah, as in you should be giving African American, you as in Africa should be giving African Americans, uh, reparations money as, as well as the Europeans, both groups should be giving African Americans a lot of money. Um, cause let's be real. Like there were no rescue boats. Most of y'all fucking threw us in, into those, uh, into those nets yourself. Cause you wanted to get some gold from a Portuguese guy. So let's get real. You know, what do you think about that? Yeah, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> what happened? Where you at? Can you hear Hello? me now? You were breaking yeah, up. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, I was breaking up? Mm-hmm. Shit. Nah, there's a long way to go here. And it, it, I think it's going to take about like 100 years or 200. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be about a, a century. But I was just, I told, I just uh, said the um, the biggest news story in Africa right now is uh, the Ghanaian president is is uh, saying that slavery reparations are long overdue. What do you think about reparations, John? 
yeah um lab preparation to who to us or to you guys i think it should go to me me yeah exactly uh yeah yeah, it's long overdue hell yes i agree with that hell yes yeah yes 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 (laughs) but it was a plan right and then someone else stopped it you know yeah, I don't think it'll ever it would have to be an international um it would have to be an international movement because I don't think in this country that bill would get killed in Congress. No, any congressman, any Republican congressman that voted for that would be out of a job in a day. So, it's like I don't think it would move in this country, but I think if it became like a global like social media like movement and people just kept talking about it and kept talking about it i think something eventually would happen but it's interesting that we just don't see that happen that's not in the uh consciousness of most of civil society most of civil society in in private would say yeah i think something should be done in terms of reparations but as a hive mind i don't think anybody is actually really supporting it and i think that's very interesting but it's long overdue, definitely, and I hope that it happens. I mean, let's see. I really, really, truly hope that it happens. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think it, it definitely would help make things uh, a little bit more <laughs> even the playing field. But real reparations, Europe couldn't afford. Like, the real reparations is getting all the diamonds out of the Antwerp Diamond Exchange and giving it back to Africa, taking all the gold off of all those monuments in France, just stripping all the gold off of it and shipping it back to Africa. Yeah, but we need to educate ourselves first because if we get these diamonds, then the same people are going to keep it and we're not going to share it. It's going to create a war. And to me, I don't see the point. I just feel like we need to first treat ourselves and then love each other. And then maybe when we get all this gold, we can share. Because there's gold here. It's just not shared fairly. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. Well, I feel like uh, we came up, we're at 45 minutes again here, came up on our time. I think we did a really good episode here, John. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good about this one. I don't feel guilty about anything I might have said wrong. <laughs> That's good, man. Yeah, no, guilt is bad for you. But uh, I'm going to end this right here. So, ladies and gentlemen, please, uh, you know, do the right thing for yourself. Don't, uh, don't settle. And you know, be smart about how you move. Don't be completely. Take care of yourself. It's not just a trend. Mental health is necessary. Yeah, mental health is necessary. If something is stopping you from being happy, that is going to affect other things in your life. Like you will not be. Nothing is safe from an unhappy mind. That is the truth. Mm -hmm. All right, guys.